This is the We Spin Recipes podcast with Andrew Apanov. Hello, everyone. I'm Andrew Apanov, and you are listening to the new edition of the We Spin Recipes podcast. This is episode number 55, and as a matter of fact, the last one in year 2015. My guest today is someone I wanted to invite to the show for quite a while now, the always insightful and positive Caroline Batsonley, the founder of Radar Music Videos. Radar Music, for those of you who don't know, is like a dating website, but for music video creators and artists. So the platform connects musicians, managers, record labels with teams of individuals creating music videos from all around the world. If you need a lyric, live, official music video, you just post a brief, name the budgets and wait for pitches to come in. It's free for a commissioner and the uh, service is used by major labels and indie artists alike. In these half an hour episodes, Caroline explains how the platform works, talks on why a music video release is a more important event than the actual release of a record, gives uh, very specific tips on creating a perfect brief and much more. If you're thinking of creating a new music video but don't know who to let handle it, you will get a kick out of this conversation, I'm pretty sure. On a completely unrelated note, I just revised the look of the page where you can see how you can help this podcast to be discovered by more musicians through rating it on iTunes and how to claim a special Wispin postcard. As a hint, these two things are presented together, but you don't have to review the podcast to get a card. That rating part is completely optional. Uh, it used to be presented as a contest, but now it's much more straightforward and uh, even short. You can just get a very cool custom postcard from us. Just check it out. The URL is the same as in the past. Get a card as one word. Get a card one word once again, dot wispin.co. The link is also in the show notes or the description. Uh, the whole process will take you just around a minute or so. Now, enjoy the interview with Caroline Bottomley from Rada Music Videos. Hello on the show. It's really great to have you here and let me know how you're doing. I'm doing very well, thank you, Andrew. I'm, I'm great, actually. I had a really good night last night at the Women in Music Awards. Um, no, there weren't awards. It was uh, an event uh, celebrating women in the music industry in the UK. It was a one-day thing, right? Yeah. It was in the mayor's office, which is a really beautiful building next to the River Thames with amazing views. And it was, it's quite a big venue. There was about, for, you know, for a talk, it was about 300 capacity and it was full. Completely full, standing room only. Awesome. It's really good news. I'm, yeah. I'm very glad to hear that events like that one are well attended. And uh, what about your talk? What, what did you cover there and um, how did it go? The bit I was doing was on a panel about female entrepreneurs in the music business. And that was great. There was a woman there from Sound Lounge, which is a hugely successful sync and licensing agency, a PR company, Joe Hart, she runs Hart PR, and Julie Weir, who runs a metal label called Visible Noise. Yeah. And yeah, so we all talked about what it was like to set up a business. 
And then there was another panel which was about whether things are changing, whether there's less sexism and whether there's less gender bias in the music industry. There was quite a big conversation about that. And there was a one-to-one interview with Narina Palo, which was great. She's really interesting. I didn't know that before. Awesome. Can you summarize it for us? What's the current situation in with this uh, extremely important and ongoing question that's put okay. up on the various events? Right. Here goes. Many people don't experience sexism at work, not directly with people that they work with. On the other hand, the music industry still has a massive gender bias in it. There's a lot more men employed in the industry than there are women. Music video directors, that's very clear. There's less than 10% women directing music videos. Um, So there was a lot of talk about increasing diversity in employment. And there was some talk about how it's easier to get a male-female mix than it is to get a non-white mix, because that's a maybe even a bigger issue in the industry. That is a very white industry um, on the whole. And there was a lot of talk about why are women invisible or just underrepresented in a lot of areas. And there wasn't a particular conclusion, but there was some talk about how women just don't count themselves in the things. They don't think, I can do that. I'm going to go and be a sound engineer or I'm going to be the, a label boss or whatever. Women, but maybe that's a role model thing. And it's not only about the industry. So even, even artists like musicians and electronic music producers, it's kind of male-dominated uh, yeah. Uh, there, uh, there is quite a lot of genres, I mean, where it's just mainly men. But you're, um, yes, someone in the audience asked something about um, dance music, and she brought up those, I think it's five women who are trying to get some campaign going to raise awareness about being groped at concerts and how revolting and disgusting it is and how it's a really widespread thing and it's never really been outed before. So there was a bit of a... Have you heard about that? It's quite a recent thing, yeah. talking about it. I just... I can say from my experience being in the in the electronic music scene and being related somehow for quite a long time before the whole EDM boom, and even uh, looking into the stats for our Wispin platform, which is still mainly for electronic music, mm-hmm. I just... Such a normal, usual thing that I'm used to and which amazes me that it's just mainly guys producing music in all subgenres of electronic music that is just crazy and all the female artists all the women in electronic music that i see are usually presented in a really weird which i don't think is the very right approach but probably it's dictated by the fans by the listeners but usually if it's a, a woman if it's a beautiful girl yeah. uh, djing or producing music and it's all about the it's targeting male audience if, yes. if you know what i mean so it's it's not really as much about the music as about the image so it's not it's weird so I, it I, is weird isn't it it's something really peculiar because we're living in the least sexist times ever possibly yeah but there's still like you say a really strange pocket like that in electronic music and yeah unfortunately i don't have any explanation or 
uh, <laughs> answer to this, and I was Damn. curious to hear. Yeah, <laughs> I, I've I've read a number of articles on that actually, and and everyone is pretty much like it's just the fact that things are like that, and so uh, uh, yeah, so it's kind of weird. It's just yeah, it's it's important that these topics are brought up and discussed. So I do believe that things are getting better. Yeah. Cool. Now yeah. I would really appreciate you sharing a little bit on your company and your background. I always ask that, even for it's a banal question, because it may give us an interesting perspective and uh, I may discover something that I didn't know. So do you mind to maybe quick, maybe not up to you, intro to yourself and uh, Radar Music? Okay. So me, I started off as an art student and then I went to work at a local venue that I'd set up in Sheffield, it was called the Lead Mill, and it was in an old bus garage, and there was a parachute for a roof, and it was a really crappy old place, but it was a fantastic sort of anarchic get-together of maybe 50 people, but about 50 people getting together to make music happen in Sheffield, and that was back in the 80s, and it was fantastic, and I worked there for a really long time. I ended up running all the events there. I put on club nights, and there was a lot of house music, nights that we had uh, people came over from holland and belgium and it was at the very beginning of that scene so it was very exciting to be doing that and loads of art events and loads of rock nights and indie nights and all sorts so i did that in sheffield for a long time i got an mba while i was there and then i moved down to london started working in tv which is very hierarchical i thought it would be as much fun as music. I thought it'd be a nice, I thought it would be like music light. I thought it'd be a similar kind of vibe, but it's not. It's very old fashioned television. And there's an awful lot of people from a few universities. It's a very closed club in a lot of ways. So it's not like music. Music, I think, there's a great diversity of people in music, just to hark back to the other conversation. Because if you love music, then you've got that in common with people. But television doesn't work like that. So television was all right, but I wanted to get back into the music business. So Radar was my way of doing that, setting up Radar. And that was 2006, at the end of 2006. And uh, yeah, so but still, so did you see that that's, uh, there was nothing like that out there that you wanted to start such a company? And uh, like, yeah, why? So I knew that there was something about short film and the internet because YouTube had started the year before in 2005. And so I knew that was all really coming along and gaining a lot of ground. And short form video was obviously a very exciting thing. And people were just beginning to talk about making films on your mobile phone. And it was mind blowing and there was lots of, oh, my God, conversations going on. But I don't really like short film. I think it's really, I think it's masturbatory nonsense, a lot of it. It's boring. I think short film's boring. So I didn't want to do short film. I did want to get back into music. So I decided to do music video um, because I love music videos. And it was a way of combining interests. And it's, and it's short and it's, yeah. And it's a way to work in the music industry. And so that's why I did it, to get back into working with music, to make networks with people that I wanted to work with and get to know. 
and because I think music video is a really, really great art form. And uh, tell me what Radar Music is today. Okay, so what it is now is a commissioning platform. So we connect, we scout for the best new music video directors worldwide, and we connect them to record labels and to artist managers who want low-budget music videos. So we specialize in a very particular niche, which is around about 500 to £5,000, so $800 to $8,000, a little bit less of, of that in euros. I'm not sure. Where are your, who are, where are your listeners, Andrew? It's, it's still it's mainly US-based, but then, you know, that listener who is listening to us from Australia or from Europe, thinking like, what? <laughs> so it doesn't uh, matter. Okay. Yeah, so we're the, we fit into that little sector, which is above getting your mates to do it and below going to a big name production company. So we sit there, we get briefs on the site. So we have one at the moment from Anjuna Beats, uh, people who use this a lot, and the electri- electronic music front, so um, people like Armada, Ultra Music, Spin In, then quite a lot of drum and bass. So quite a have, lot of drum and bass, I really like yeah. that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so uh, Hospital and Viper Recordings yeah, and yeah, yeah. Band Wars, yeah. We're increasingly getting US briefs, and we've just taken someone on to get more of that. So I'm hopeful we'll get a lot more LA-based briefs. And we're always, we'll get stuff from the majors coming in every two or three weeks, maybe, maybe every month or so. We'll get something from Sony or Warners or Universal. The platform has grown so large. I mean, in the last years, it's so it's amazing to look how it's been growing and. Yeah, I mean, what you do, and you even have some stats on the homepage of the website, if I'm not mistaken, right? So, yeah. if you... Uh, yeah, I think we've had maybe three and a half million pounds. So, what would that be? Five million dollars worth of music video business has, has been through Radar's doors since we opened. Yeah. So, it, I mean, it, it is it is very impressive. And um, it is such a, like, it's, it's a time and lifesaver, I guess, for many, because... Finding the right director, especially if you want to outsource and do it off your current location, for example, then, uh, yeah, it has been a challenge. And yes. now it's getting much easier with you. It's such a tricky question. Do you currently have direct competitors uh, to yourself at this very moment? We do. Do we have... Uh... So ever since we got, actually, it took a while after we got started for things, for competitors to start coming up. But um, there is, there's a company in Australia who set up, but they've kind of moved over to doing more brand related stuff. There's another one in the UK, which also has moved, started moving towards brand related stuff last year. And they've actually decided to drop music now because music's such a stupid sector to work in. <laughs> <laughs> There's not enough money, is there? <laughs> There's another one that's set up in the UK. We'll see what happens with that. I don't know where they might be heading yet. And there is another one that is, I can't remember, I think it's a US-based one, actually, but they've got a significant presence in the UK. But they're one of those sites where they invite creatives to make content on spec. Mm-hmm. So you would make a video and enter it into a competition and hope that your video would win and then you'd get the prize. So that's different to what we do. We operate more like a real life repping company where you pitch, 
you don't you don't make the video. And that one, that US one where you make stuff on spec, they tend to attract people that are less experienced than the people on radar because why would you make a video on spec and use up all your favors unless you had nothing to show for yourself? So that's a way of getting started. So they tend to work with people at the beginning of their careers, but they've just started working with Republic Records. They've created an in-house creative studio with Republic Records. So, you know, maybe that will work out. I don't know. It's a very interesting space. It's an interesting space, and it's good that you've got some competition going on. It's always uh, generally a good sign, even for it may make your life a bit more complicated sometimes. But generally, like, it's just, to me, and I've been someone who has been recommending Radar Music to pretty much everyone, every musician who mentioned that they needed to commission, like, a music video, find a video director, and so on. So I have been in evangelist of, of yours for, <laughs> for oh, a few years Thank now. you. I know, I know you have. You're brilliant. Thank and you. it's, it's even weird that it's the first time we do this recording for, like, a feature with you because it's been, yeah, years that we've been communicating and exchanging blog posts and stuff like that. So, yeah, but anyway, it's just, it's, yeah, to me, it's it's kind of obvious that you are leading this space and uh, I just appreciate that you stay true to music because it's definitely easier to find money in other industries, but we need companies that are dedicated to doing something in the music space. So, I mean, you've got um, a pretty straightforward and clear process so it's not difficult to find examples and uh, find out how the platform works but uh, do you think it may be appropriate to the listeners of ours who are new to radar and haven't used it in the past to kind of maybe mention how it works maybe mention a few tips on how to post a brief and what to be ready for so maybe a few a few tips from from the creator of the whole platform yes okay So if you're looking, if you need to commission a music video through us or through anybody, there are some very good guidelines to keep in mind. One is to have a fairly good idea of what you're looking for. Um, So it's quite helpful for directors if you can give them guidelines and if you can give them these are the other kind of videos that we like. So we like the look and feel of this. We like the kind of story that happens in this video. So they're always useful to give video references. In the written brief, it's very handy to be able to give broad guidelines, like we're looking for something with um, a dark, wintry kind of feel. But it doesn't help if you start getting too specific. If you write the story, scene one, set in a forest, a wolf, you see a flick of a tail's wall, a wolf's tail or something like that. That is That puts directors off if you start getting too prescriptive about it Mm -hmm. because what directors want they're not making the music video for money because the budget that is on offer will go to cover costs they won't be making a profit out of it um they're doing the music video because it gives them an opportunity to be creative so you have to leave room for a director to be able to create in there and part of the trick of commissioning is being able to see a director who you think is going to be able to make something that you, you're, you're taking a risk. You're believing that this director has made great things before that you really like and they're going to do it again. 
And it's a mistake to try and be too detailed about what you want. So that and that. Um, budget. It's a very good idea to state your budget up front rather than saying about 500 quid or about 2,000 quid and, you know, and then keep adding things throughout the shoot. That's a very bad idea. So agree that up front and use a contract. Incredibly useful to use a contract. We have a contract that is on radar that you can download for £25. We've got a discount on it. It's for UK use, which means apparently we got it done with the lawyer. You can use it if you're doing a shoot in the UK or if you're a UK business or if there's some reason for you be able to be able to take it through the UK courts. Having said that, um, it might be just useful to look at it anyway because it takes you through every single point that you would want to get agreed in writing wherever you live on the planet, wherever you're making a music video. So have a contract, agree things up front, uh, get the balance right between how you're briefing your directors and what you're asking them for. Uh, Give people enough room to come back and give you creative ideas. And to do that on radar, you just go to the site and there's a button that says post a brief. And if you press that, it'll ask you a load of questions, um, answer them, and you will have a brief created for you on the site. It takes about five minutes, 10 minutes maybe. Awesome. Yeah, uh, I mean, pretty straightforward. If I commit to commissioning a video through posting a, a brief, at what point of time can I opt out? Uh, so just so you don't get me wrong, uh, I'm asking yeah. just so everyone who wants to give it a try feels safe about this. So if something changes, they find someone else somewhere else. How, uh, how does it work? Uh, so- okay, so we ask people to, if they can not to choose someone before the deadline. So one of the things you do, you say, you set a deadline to receive pictures. So the closing day will be this Sunday at midnight. So we ask people not to commission a director before Sunday, because for all we know, there's some great director over in Germany who's going to get in a fantastic treatment on Sunday afternoon and you'll have missed it. So we ask that. We know that sometimes life doesn't work that way. Maybe the artist has insisted on using their friend or something like that. So people can close briefs early if they absolutely have to. Whatever happens, people are under no obligation to use a director from radar. Even if They can expect to get maybe five to ten pitches. They don't have to commission any one of those pitches. They can make friends with three of those directors and go back to them another time. There's no obligation and we're not exclusive as far as commissioners are concerned. We are exclusive as far as directors are concerned. So we have this top tier, this creme de la creme of directors. So from all of the directors that are on the site, we have some, we set a really high bar of quality criteria and people who get over that are called our headhunted directors. We have maybe 50 of those people on the site at any one time and those headhunted directors are exclusive to Radar. So they've made an agreement with us. This is one of the things that's come out of having competition, actually. You were saying it's a good thing, which it is. It is a good thing because it really makes you get your ass in gear. But those directors now can only be found through Radar online. And uh, they work with us and awesome. just us. Clear. Yeah. No, I definitely encourage everyone to be serious about Posting briefs and coming up with serious intentions to this whole subject of creating a music video 
And mm-hmm. I'm pretty confident that anyone can find someone who will work for them in terms of the style. Uh, so it's good that you can yeah look into some examples and uh, go through the pictures and check out each director and see if it's the right fit or not. So yeah, I think it's the process itself is clear and I appreciate yeah. the tips that you've shared. I want to ask you a more general question and I just have to ask you this because it's something that I've heard uh, coming from musicians pretty often lately, especially from indie musicians specifically. Yeah. So well, not big indie or major la- uh, label artists who definitely need music videos, but indie artists at the beginning of their careers oftentimes ask if they need a music video and why exactly they need a music video. So what's a role of of a music video these days, in your opinion? Okay, so I've heard quite a few people say what I'm about to say, so it's not my thought, but I completely agree with it, which is that nowadays, when you put a release out, it's a bit of a question mark, what exactly is the release? And in a lot of people's minds, the release is actually the music video. So it's not the track so much anymore, but the music video is the event. So the music video is the thing that gets you a premiere on a on a music site like uh, Pitchfork or Clash Music or whoever, whoever, a genre specialist. The music video is the thing that people look for when they want to find out about your music. So the a music video has become something that people expect to see now, I think, against certainly a single release. The other advantages of it, it's, it's a means for you to be able to monetize. It gives you a revenue stream, albeit a rather tiny one. But at least when you've got it on YouTube, you can be monetizing the views to some extent. And if you're not monetizing the views, if you're really at the very beginning of your career, check out how to become a YouTube partner. It's very easy. Once you're a YouTube partner, you can start monetizing your original content. Yeah, so you can monetize. And YouTube views are also a very handy bit of social proof for other curators that you're trying to get to notice you. So if you want to get on radio, It's useful shorthand to be able to say if you're doing plugging and we've got 10,000 views on our YouTube channel. That's a handy shortcut for how popular you are. Yeah, I agree with all the points. I guess also if you find someone, a director who has worked with artists who you appreciate or with Mm -hmm. labels who are well known, it's also may help with some kind of a social proof. If you can mention it in the description that it's directed by this director who worked with this and and that so just yeah thinking of sure yeah absolutely and some bands are absolutely known for having brilliant videos as well so i'm sure that appeals to a lot of new artists is to become known for having a very distinct visual style as well as uh, like darwin d's always does clever music videos tame and parlor always do slightly amazing visuals trips who else is really good on their music videos? Loads of them. I can't think who, but yeah, everybody can probably think of bands who are good with their music videos. But people who are at the very beginning and they're saying, well, it's all right for people who've got two grand to spend on a music video. Like, we should be so lucky. It is a big ticket item to get a budget together for that. And there are ways to get visual content that don't have to be an official music video. If, you know, if there are personalities in the band, behind the scenes stuff is fine live stuff is good the problem with live stuff is that one unknown band looks very much like another unknown band it's not very distinctive 
there, uh, there are other options for visuals other than official music videos, but official music videos have definitely got a really, can do great things for you if you're ready for them. Yeah, makes a lot of sense. And so I, I do agree with all the points, but it was very interesting to hear your perspective on it. And uh, it's kind of expected that you support the creation of uh, music videos and, and content overall, but it makes yeah. uh, a lot of sense. And I like that you support the idea of just like create as much content as possible. And uh, I guess anyone who even is not ready to commission a professional music video it should develop a YouTube channel, channel, for example, through different kinds of content to build some uh, following there, get more subscribers, initial views, and people paying attention to then have uh, a high chance of being noticed with a proper music video. So if I'm hearing you right here, then it's kind of a good idea to yes. to yeah build the following and, and engage your audience. Yeah. Awesome. So at this moment, I just really want everyone listening to us to encourage them to check out the website and uh, look into what's there and how it all works. I'm curious to hear if you can reveal anything you've been working on and that will be revealed so by the end of the year, early in 2016. So is there anything that you can I, mention now? Yes, yes. I'm so glad you asked me that. Did I tell you that I got stuff? I might have. Did I? No, actually, okay. I don't think so. So... One of the things I forgot to mention at the beginning is we just opened a New York office. So this is a, a thing that's happened in the recent past with Sneak Attack Media. People might know Marnie. She's very well known and lots of people really like her. So she's our radar rep in New York for any labels or artist managers over there that want to hook up with her. So a thing that's coming is a woman called Andrea Magdalena, who runs a music business news group for women she's in LA and she's about to start working for us so she's going to be our label and artist manager contact over in LA so uh, things are happening in the US which is all good stuff and then the lovely big bit of news which isn't actually officially announced yet is that we are going to start an awards ceremony next year called Radar New Directors It's the only awards event that is dedicated to finding new unsigned director talent. So there's nothing else like it at the moment. It's going to be a worldwide event. We're holding it at the London YouTube studio this year and next year. Hopefully we'll work with YouTube again. YouTube studios are in seven cities, I think. New York, LA, Berlin, Tokyo, London. There's two more. I don't know where they are. But anyway, probably Russia, probably Moscow and Barcelona, I think. If this one's a success and we can start traveling around the other ones, that would be really exciting. Awesome. No, really, like this is massive news. Because, mm, it is, um, isn't it? It can be, the, I mean, it's it can be a, a very well attended online event uh, from what I, I understand right now. And it can be a great way to promote like not just radar music, obviously, but the directors and even the musicians. So it's yes. like a win-win for everyone. That's the plan. Awesome. I really like that. So I did know about the New York office, but the rest, honestly, is, is uh, new to me. So I'm, I'm very excited <laughs> to hear about that. Awesome. Yeah, lots of stuff going on. Yes. Any conferences that you're, going, you're planning to attend early in um, the new year? Well, 
since we took on our UK salesperson, I'm hoping she's going to go to them, actually. So I'm definitely going to go to The Great Escape in May in Brighton. I really like that as a conference because it melds so well with the events in the evening. There's so many gigs, brilliant gigs to go to in Brighton. I imagine it's what South by Southwest used to be like when you could still get into gigs. So it's got, it's just got a very lovely, musicy, busy, but accessible vibe. So I'll be doing that. Um, Anna will probably go to IMS in Ibiza and ADE in Amsterdam in October. I doubt we'll be doing South by because it's just, I know it's still great for business for a lot of people. It doesn't seem to quite work out for us though. So maybe not. What else? I don't know right now that there are any others that are must go, must do conferences apart from those three. Oh, CMJ. I'd quite like to check out CMJ. I don't know enough about it. And maybe new music seminar. Yeah. So we are happening. Yeah. So it makes sense. And so we was probably will be there as well. Oh, will you? Oh, good. Uh, I mean, not, not me personally, but we've got someone on the East Coast who attended this year and it was, it was very good. Lots of interesting speakers and good for networking, obviously. But we all have different uh, specifics of our businesses and goals. And uh, please, like the listener, the artist listening to us right now, please keep in mind that you should always do your own research in terms of the conferences. I fully agree with everything that you just mentioned about the, the those like top ones. But yeah, maybe like a songwriter may want to attend more. Yeah, I don't know, sync licensing yeah. and songwriter conference but it's all exciting stuff and i'm personally like really looking forward to meeting you at some of these events in the new year and anyone going there as well obviously like any panel any workshop or session that you're hosting must attend so i i recommend <laughs> thank you and we saw each other at ade didn't we that was really good yes true uh, true, not, true. Not yeah, and meet them and meet them yeah so yeah, ade and meet them yeah, yeah. All good stuff. Yeah, look, it's it's good that we've got events throughout the year which we can attend and meet all together. So once again, thank you so much for all the insights. Do you have any any other advice or tip or any message to our listeners at this point? Something that seems to be happening in record labels is that a lot of marketing departments seem to be getting a lot more involved in commissioning content nowadays. And there is a big, a bit of a move away from going, okay, the main event is going to be the launch of the music video because that creates a lot of activity for a short amount of time. So what a lot of marketing people that I'm talking to and product managers and label managers, there seems to be a bit more of a transition towards looking towards getting a, a whole package of maybe 10, 15, 20 bits of content and having a strategy that's about releasing different bits of content over two, three, six, twelve months to keep an artist profile up there and, and keep giving viewers and followers and likers a reason to stay engaged. So that seems to be an interesting movement that people might want to keep their eyes open for. We're about to start doing a written interview series called Inside Music Content Marketing. And I'm going to be interviewing various record labels about how many assets they commission for a particular campaign. What were those assets? Like, are they remixes? Is it video? When did 
they put them out? What platforms did they put them out on? What worked? What didn't? You know, is it, was it, did Vine work for this artist? Was Instagram a better thing for this artist? That kind of stuff. I'm really looking forward to that series. Sounds as as something full of insights. So I'll keep you in the loop. Yeah, yeah. So thank you, and so definitely sounds great and useful for for musicians out there. Once again, yeah. So I just I personally appreciate anything that is uh, is done for musicians. So that's really cool that you're thinking of different ways to educate musicians, which is good for your business, but also helps yeah. the whole ecosystem a lot. So yeah. yeah, awesome. Thank you so much once again. We've got all the links to Radar Music and your social media profiles and uh, everything that you've mentioned in the show notes. So it's pretty easy to find everything. And uh, yeah, once again, I just yeah recommend any artist out there or a music director, who knows, maybe some are listening to us right now to check out Radar Music. And uh, looking forward to all the future developments of yours. Thank you so much, Andrew. I'm going to start um, going through your archive. You've got loads of things in there I'm really interested in, in listening to. I mean, you are welcome. They're all downloadable. <laughs> If you... Tape TV, I'm going to do that one first. Right, yeah, relevant. <laughs> <laughs> awesome, thank you. Thank you, Caroline, and everyone listening. Hope you found the show interesting. You can find all the links in the show notes as usual. And happy holidays to all of you listening to me right now at the end of December 2015. I can't wait to talk to you again in New Year. The next episodes will be out early in January. If you have some time off during the holiday season in the meantime and want to educate yourself in the music business and marketing, and if you haven't been a part of Wisping yet, Check it out, give it a try within the free 10 days trial at wispin.co. I'm pretty sure you will uh, like it. If you have any related questions, just hit me up, andrew at wispin.co. Thank you once again for listening and stay tuned. So, as you may hear, my cat Stout also wishes you a uh, Merry Christmas and Happy New Year. I I imagine. <laughs>